Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode number 98 of the Love Life Connection podcast. So I have a really amazing episode for you today, but before we get there, I just want to let you know that when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it around the time that I released this episode, I'm either almost in or already in San Diego, and I would love for you to follow along with me on Instagram. I'll be sharing some updates of my travels and what I'm up to there. I've got some pretty exciting things cooking up, and I will share more with you later, but you can get a little bit of a sneak peek over on Instagram, and my name is at Veronica E. Grant, so come find me over there if you haven't already. So back to today's episode. So total spoiler alert here. I'm actually re-airing this episode. I originally aired around the same time last year, and I really believe that it's a must listen. So we're coming off of Thanksgiving here in the States, and then for everyone else, Christmas and Hanukkah and all of the holiday parties and all that kind of fun stuff is coming up, which yes, can be fun. But it can also be really stressful. Family dynamics can be really hard. There can be some really frustrating or awkward conversations, you know, like backhanded compliments, people saying like, well, I'm glad I'm not single or I don't have to date or when are you going to meet someone? Um, And dealing with those types of comments and conversations are really hard. So bringing Amy's episode out of the archives was really an easy choice for me. And so I encourage you to listen to this episode. And if you've been listening to me for a while and you originally did hear this episode last year when it came out, please do take the time to re-listen it because I guarantee that you did not listen or remember everything that Amy says and really everything that Amy says in this episode is pure gold and it's like mic drop after mic drop after mic drop. 
So I originally came across Amy last year through another podcast I was interviewed on, and I was totally drawn to her super spunky, badass, tell it like it is style. And you'll hear it immediately once we start chatting. And we talk about speaking your truth and boundaries and vulnerability and all things communication. So yes, if holiday drama is stressing you out or you're nervous about it coming up, or if that's not you at all, but you're still trying to figure out a relationship that you're in or how to communicate what you need or what you want without feeling like you're being a bitch or too emotional or whatever it is, you're going to love, love this episode. Amy is the real deal. She's no BS. She's no airy-fairy advice, like just be authentic without telling you step by step by step how to make it happen. So you're going to love, love, love this episode because I know that I do. Uh, Anyways, so before we get to this conversation, I also wanted to let you know that at the end of December, I'm opening up enrollment to my brand new program, Zen Love. So if you're familiar with my um, program that I just retired, the Dating Mindset Bootcamp, then I like to think of Zen Love as if yoga and the Dating Mindset Bootcamp had a baby you would get Zen Love. Um, Zen Love is a soulful blueprint to help women who have it all but love find it. And my goal is to help you bring back the real connections in a swipe right, swipe left world. So there's coaching, there's full length yoga videos, there's meditations, all with the intention of helping you find real love in our modern dating world. So I encourage you to get on the early notification list because only those people on that list will be notified of the early enrollment that's happening in late December. And when you enroll early and are on the early notification list, you're going to get exclusive access to bonuses like one-on-one time with me. And since there's no group coaching this time around, that's a super, super valuable bonus. And you're also going to get special introductory pricing, and you'll be able to start on some of the modules by January before anything is officially open to the public. And also when you get on the early notification list, I'm going to send you access to my Find uh, Find Love Now meditation series. It's totally free and you'll get immediate access as soon as you join the early notification list. So to jump on that, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash Zen love. And that's all smushed into one word, Zen love. All right. I can't wait to uh, chat with you about Zen love coming up over the next few weeks. And until then, enjoy my conversation with Amy. All right, we are back and I have Amy with me from the Joy Donkey. Hey, Amy, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm excited to hang out with you today. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here and I'm so excited for this interview. And um, so for those of you listening on the podcast, which is all of you now because these episodes are not on YouTube yet, Amy looks adorable. She's got awesome red lipstick and a cute little hat (laughs) and glasses. And I'm sitting here in my yoga clothes. (laughs) Part of my branding. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was I was actually thinking that like, as soon as I saw what your outfit was like, wow, like, she's like got her brand down to a T. You guys have to go to our website because it's awesome. Um, So anyways, I'm not going to try to explain who you are. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, uh, I am a life coach. Who isn't, right? No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's currently extremely popular. I, so I got involved in coaching, uh, gosh, a good decade ago now. Wow. And uh, it was through like a complete quarter-life crisis. I had kind of worked my way up in 
a kind of fancy big girl job. I was a corporate trainer for a cosmetic uh, prestigious makeup line and traveled all the time and had like a fancy car and assistants and like, you know, all this stuff where you're checking off the boxes going, I should have this mm-hmm. amazingly fulfilled life. And I, I really felt as though I was dying a slow death. <laughs> and my husband knew that I was having quite a bit of tumult at the time. And he came home one day and he said, I heard about this career on the radio. There was this person on the radio who is a life coach and it's what you've been doing since you were like four, you need to do this. And he felt so incredibly convicted about it that he sent away to a coaching school for materials to find out about their programs and really felt strongly that I needed to pursue it. And that kind of cracked open this whole new world of personal development for me Mm -hmm. where, and you know, the, the biggest shift at the time then was life happening to me and feeling Mm -hmm. like I had no choices, feeling like I have to, and I should, and these are my only options shifting into this place of, Oh my God, I can actually create what I want. And it's Mm -hmm. all this shift of perspective. Yeah. So that really kind of catapulted me on this personal growth journey. And I kind of became this incredible student and trying to consume as much information as I could, went to coaching school, these, these workshops and all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And I, at the time, even though it sounds ridiculous to say like back then (laughs) it wasn't, I mean, you didn't even have to have like a website really like you, there was not all of the online business hype and social Mm -hmm. media and shit like that, that we contend with now. Yeah. So my niche was very different back then. I mean, things were, were very different, but I realized over that course of time working with people and I went through a pretty significant rebrand about two years ago now that I realized that the kind of the impetus or, or genesis of what people were, were coming to me for Mm-hmm. was this kind of ambiguous idea of like, I just want to be happy. Right. And then mm-hmm. as I would dig under that, all of it was really related to believing that their voice mattered mm-hmm. and then actually having the skills to use it. So there was this self-worth component yeah. of figuring out, you know, really loving themselves or believing that they're valuable enough to give voice to their wants, needs, and opinions And then this other additional layer of, well, what the fuck does that actually look like? Like, how do I, when you tell me establish boundaries or something like that, what does the conversation look like when I tell my mother-in-law to butt out of my relationship? Like, what do I say? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the evolution of the Joy Junkie brand. I actually used to work in relationships Mm -hmm. quite a bit. Okay. And started realizing that a lot of the conversations and the things that people were at odds with had to do with them finding their own personal voice. Uh, and that's kind of what has brought me to, to what I do now, which is essentially helping people find their voice and use it, you know, or depends when you ask me, sometimes I say, I help people stand up for themselves without being assholes or you know, like, <laughs> different answer every time, you know? <laughs> I, I love that. So, and, and boundaries is such a huge theme that comes up for just my community and my clients. Um, I mean, they're, I always say that boundaries are sexy. Like the more boundaries you have, like in a relationship, like 
And, and it's so funny because I find so many of the women in the Date Yourself community think that if they ask the guy to call them instead of text them, then that they're going to be a bitch or they're going to be seen as too needy or too... Uh, clingy or whatever, you know, whatever the story is they're telling themselves. So, um, yes. so what does that conversation look like? You know, whether you're telling a guy to call you instead of texting you or telling grandma to stay out of your business, you know, holidays are coming up. Like, what does that conversation yeah. look like? Oh my gosh, I have so much to say about this. Uh, it, and first of all, I really love that you're having this conversation with your audience because we need to disrupt this myth that mystique and figuring each other out is so awesome. No, you know what we fucking want? We want a blueprint. Here's what I like in bed. Here's what I like my household to be like. Here, you know, with, But we get these societal stigmas telling us, like, if you're with the right one, they'll just magically know everything you need. No! <laughs> Unless you're dating a psychic or a mind reader or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you need to use your actual words. And... I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation about myself and Mr. Smith is my husband. That's what I always call him. Uh, because he tells me all the time, that's what I fell in love with, with you is there was no games. There was no question about exactly what you wanted, what you needed. And I think it's a little bit odd that I possessed that. But from, from very early on, I felt like, how the hell are they going to know? Yeah. Like I can't be coy and do these dumb little games and expect them to magically interpret that as she wants me to call her and ask her out again and bring her roses. Like it, it that's ridiculous. Yeah. So I I'm a big advocate for say what you mean and say it to the right person because mm. if you're dating somebody or looking at, at getting involved with somebody and your therapist and your coach and your best friend and your mom know exactly how you feel, but he doesn't, that's on you, buddy. Like that's what you need to rectify. But we don't think that, right? right? Yeah. Because then we go yeah. around and ask, what kind of games do we need to play to interpret this? And like, you know, and it all of a sudden becomes really cryptic. And I'll tell you what, I really think a lot of men, women too, they just want to be told like very quantifiably, here's what I love. Here's how I receive love. Mm -hmm. uh, here's how I respond the best. Here's what gets under my skin. Here's what's my issues. Here's my back, like being really clear about that and having a strength in your needs. So if we're talking about like, what does that actually sound like? I think it has, uh, it really depends on each individual situation. But if we, if we look back again at this idea of boundaries, the idea around a boundary is simply just stating out loud to the right person what you will and will not tolerate. Mm -hmm. And you don't, none of that has to be mean, bitchy, biting. You can be extremely compassionate, extremely kind, very genuine, and think about what you are wanting to attract. Think about what you want in your life, Right. You want authenticity, so start being authentic. If you want honesty, start being honest. If you want vulnerability, be you know vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It's really not that complicated. It's just that everything else that we're conditioned with makes it complicated. Right. Our media, our past relationships, our families, all of that stuff does. So as far as boundaries are concerned, I would say 
you really, you have to do a little excavating to figure out exactly what it is that you Mm -hmm. want to communicate, right? So the first thing is identifying what do I need to give voice to? Like, what is the definition of this boundary? You know, you have to kind of define it. So let's say it is, I don't know, what's a common thing that people struggle with, with a boundary, like saying I want text every day or something like that. Yeah, like communication, for sure. Um, There's so many I mean, there's so many things that I hear. Some things off the top of my head are um, the endless texting that never leads to a date. Um, or communicating via text when they'd prefer just a 20 minute phone call in the evening. Or this is, this is so funny, not funny, but it just comes up all the time is the good morning texts. So, and the good night texts, like a lot of my clients and women in the community will start dating someone and it'll be like lovey dovey and they'll, and they'll get texts from their significant other, like good night, sweetie, or good morning, beautiful, or things like that. And then all of a sudden the text will stop or they'll be like every other day. And during those days where it's off, they're like freaking out and out. And they're they're just simply not communicating um, that they want a good morning text or that they want to call instead of a text or or of course another big topic is the where is this going conversation um, and you know so yeah. many of women the date yourself community um, I have a Facebook group and this is a huge um, post one maybe like a month ago or so um, and a couple of the women really believed that. Um, you have to let the uh, let the guy um, bring up the the where's this going conversation, and let the guy oh. like define the relationship, and then just no. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, so so these are you know all all boundary issues, um, and then some of it is just more. So that's I would say that's more communication, and there's a lot of more lifestyle boundaries. Like um, you know, one thing I do with my clients is get them really clear on well, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want to do every day? How do you want to feel every day? Like, do you want to do yoga, meditation? Do you want to cook healthy meals instead of going out? Like, what does that look like? And then do you start compromising on those values that you do for yourself once you start dating someone? So that's another way. A lot of boundaries, um, boundaries fall. And then another thing is just simply women taking care of the guy and the guy not taking any initiative, um, whether it's with their life or financially or taking initiative to, um, especially if it's an online meeting and maybe they live like an hour apart instead of meeting halfway, like a lot of my clients will actually go drive to him and he never takes initiative to make the drive to her. So that's all the boundaries (laughs) or or not all of them, but Hope that gives well, you let's my see if idea. I can size that up in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll I'll give you some examples. Yeah. But but the first thing though, with a lot of that stuff that you just mentioned, first of all, be compassionate with yourself because a lot of the messages that we receive about what we should and shouldn't do, like what mm-hmm. you were saying about the pervasive idea that we leave it up to the man, right? Yeah. That's that's archaic. But it's yeah. also very much a piece of our society. It's yes. likely that your sisters, your mom, uh, past relationships <laughs> have modeled that for you, yeah. right? Yeah. So until we have something that disrupts that pattern, we just think that's the, the modus operandi for us, mm-hmm. right? Like that's how we must operate. But the deal is, is that a lot of these antiquated ideas about relationships simply don't fucking work anymore. You know, mm-hmm. like we're not in the fifties where women, you know, stayed at home and baked in these gorgeous dresses with tiny, you know, waist <laughs> and just were ready to rub their husband's feet. Like we don't have that reality anymore. So 
just as the evolution of family has changed, so has the women's roles and dating mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, same is true for same-sex relationships have evolved mm-hmm. considerably. Um, so all of that to say, give yourself extreme compassion for whatever you have believed has to be what it what it is now, yeah. you know? And at the same time, know that if that format, if that system, if that waiting around for the guy to, to have the conversation isn't working for you, you also get to create a new way and that's Mm -hmm. okay. And that also doesn't mean you're a bitch. It doesn't mean, you know, you're needy. It just means you use your words and you value you and Mm -hmm. you care about what fulfills you and what you want in the relationship. And I will say too, that I think that what most of us want, like I was saying earlier is we want to know how to be good for that other person. Now, the other thing that I really wanted to mention, too, related to all of those things that you mentioned is this whole idea around what we tolerate, especially with boundaries. Right. So we speak volumes to other people about what we will accept through our actions, not usually through what we say. Because mm-hmm. how many times do you say like a little hint or you little say a little something like, oh, it sure would be nice to get that good morning text. But then you allow him or her to not do that for five days. You just allow it. So mm-hmm. I really firmly believe that we, yes, we teach people how to treat us, but we do it largely through what we tolerate. Mm-hmm. So, and what we cannot do is we cannot make somebody else feel something about us, view us in a specific way. All we can do is handle who we are being. So if you're looking at your scenario right now, you have to look at, am I giving this person everything they need to be what I need? Mm -hmm. It's a totally different thing if you express your needs and they blatantly don't give a shit. Then it's like abort mission, right? Like you're (laughs) a person. But if you have not even given them the opportunity to meet your needs, that's your opportunity to start flexing that speaking up muscle. So let's give an example of a boundary around, uh, I really like these, these texts in the morning, right? So let's say they started off like that and then they, they, you got into a little bit more of a rut or whatever and they've dissipated. So one of my favorite things to do when you present something to somebody else is to explain to them how something lands on your side. So I'll use the word like, it lands for me like this, or I interpret that action to mean this, because Mm -hmm. I think it's very off-putting when we say, when you do this, it makes me feel like this, you know, it's like immediately defensive. So I'll say, I interpret it lands or I make up. That's Mm -hmm. another great piece of terminology to use. When You know, when I don't get a message from you in the mornings, I make up that our relationship is starting to change or that your feelings for me aren't quite as potent as they Mm -hmm. were before. Here's where I am going. Then the next thing is you have to actually ask for what you need. So that what I just did, that's reporting, right? You're stating what's happening, which is great, but you're not asking for anything to change. So you have to be extremely deliberate in saying, here's my request of you. Mm -hmm. I would really, really love it 
if every single morning you just shot even an emoji or whatever, like mm-hmm. even just something saying, thinking of you, good morning. Yeah. What do you think about that? And then being able to be in collaboration and see it's not just about you get to demand whatever the fuck you want. Now you're in a collaboration. And mm-hmm. so you need to say, what do you think about that? How do mm-hmm. you feel about that? Because it could be that the love languages are just massively different. Yeah. Um, so there's also a piece, you know, I, I definitely hit this in my own marriage where our relationship just was naturally evolving and the ways in which we communicated and show, showed love to one another was evolving as well. So whereas it might have been really demonstrative like that via text or, you know, these grand gifts or things like that, it evolved into things like acts of service, like helping me out with my car or things like that. So there's also a piece of growing together and starting to look at love showing up in different ways, yeah. but then also being able to communicate about what's coming up for you too, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and then the final step after you've defined the boundary, you've delivered the boundary, the final step is to enforce it. So this is where the toleration piece comes in. So mm-hmm. if you've had this really open, candid conversation with somebody and said, you know, here's what I'm really requesting from you, and they commit to it and say yes, then it becomes, what are you willing to do if that isn't adhered to? Like, is there a consequence? Because if you roll over on it, again, you're teaching them how to treat you. Now, some of those things are going to be really imperative that you have a hard line on, like if they're dishonest to you or something like those need to be deal breakers. You don't, that's not a project. Everybody don't take on a project. Um, <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it, it, that's abort mission time. Thank you for showing me who you are. Bye. But if it's something that isn't a deal breaker for you and you can have a healthy conversation with them and come to a different sort of agreement, great. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Collaboration is different than uh, concessions and settling. Let's be really, really clear about that. Uh, You make concessions on things that are not deal breakers. So, but all of this stuff can be applied in any relationship, like with family members, uh, friendships, Mm -hmm. anything. Uh, But I will say too, one of the things that I think is critical is in that delivering of the boundary is to be very, very specific about what you're asking for. Because I do see that people say things that are really kind of loosey-goosey, like, I want more romance. And it's like, okay, well, what the fuck does that mean? He yeah. might think or she might think, oh, they want to be pursued more in the bedroom. That's all sex. Or that they might interpret it as, oh, that means dates, or that means mm-hmm. gifts, or that means this. No, you have to say, here's what I want. I want you to text me and ask me out on a date, even when we're in the same house. once a week or here's what I mean by romance yeah it get really quantifiable so instead of I need more help around the house okay well what the hell does that mean I'll just magically start helping out no I need you to do this these specific laundry items what do you think about this sort of a system you do you know the countertops and I do that you know you need to set them up for success but again we're not we're not taught this. Like when, yeah. when algebra, fucking PE, we don't learn anything about properly communicating or expressing. I our know needs. it's, it's, 
It's crazy. And I love that you just use the word set yourself up for success or that phrase. Um, because we got a dog about a year and a half ago and our trainer just kept saying, when you're training him, um, training our dog, set them up for success. And I don't want to like compare boyfriends to dogs, but it's kind of the (laughs) same thing. (laughs) Like you have to set them, set them up for success. Like if you have a conversation with them when they're watching their favorite sports team, like probably not going to go your way. I think that Alison Armstrong calls this pumpkin hours. Like it's just, it's just not going to go well. Um, or yeah. And like just telling them specifically what you want, because if you say, Oh, I just want to communicate more. I want to go on more, even like going on more dates. Like, well, well, what does that mean? Like, does it mean just having a week? Yeah. Once a week, like, does it go out or we just have like romantic meal in? like, what does, I think that's so, so helpful and so valuable. And the other thing I just want to throw out there, I'm just kind of curious to what you think. Um, one thing that I've noticed both in my relationship and also my work with my clients is if they do a little bit of inner work before they bring up this conversation, I find a lot of times, not a lot of times, but a good chunk of the times the conversation doesn't actually ever even have to happen because um, they, so and I'll just give an example. So like for, there was a period where I just felt like Stevie and I weren't really communicating that well. Um, and I just felt like we were just kind of always missing, missing each other. And so I did a little bit of just kind of my work and figure out, okay, what do I want to tell him? What do I want from him? What do I need? What's not happening? What is happening? Where am I not feeling satisfied? And I realized that I simply wasn't making any initiative to communicate with him. And just by simply changing what I did, like he mirrored my actions. And then we never even had to have a conversation about how I wasn't communicating, how we weren't communicating well. Um, so I'm just kind of curious, like if you've seen that and and what your experience is with that. Oh my God. Okay. So this is good too. Here I go off again. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) this is what I I like to call the difference between blame and self care. Mm -hmm. So, and we do this in every relationship. We do it massively with our parents and our family. So we go into this place and I'm guessing that everybody listening can relate. And I would love for you to think of where you do this in your life, where in essence, you think if only they would get their shit together, we would be fine. If only he would text me every morning, this relationship would be amazing. If only my mom would stop doing X, Y, or Z, then our familial relationships would be fantastic, right? Yeah. We're so externally focused on why that person sucks. And we're like, blame, 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 if only you were different. The problem with that is that when we get stuck in that place of blame, like, for instance, you could have said that with Stevie. Like, Mm -hmm. well, Stevie just doesn't communicate, right? Mm -hmm. Blame, 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 blame. First of all, that renders you completely powerless because the only way in which you can be happy is if that person magically changes, just becomes a different human without anything on your behalf. Right. Right. And so it leaves you also extremely stuck and oftentimes perpetually bitter and unhappy because again, you're looking at only things you cannot control. You cannot make mom behave differently. You cannot make Stevie communicate differently. You Mm -hmm. cannot force any of that. So oftentimes what I'll say is pay attention to your emotions because a lot of times it starts with anger. It starts with being pissed, frustrated, something feels uncomfortable. And then you realize like, I'm pissed at my, my partner or my mom or my coworker or whoever. And it's far easier to blame 
because you don't have to do anything. You don't have mm-hmm. to look at yourself. You could just get to make them wrong. Yeah. But nothing gets rectified. Zero yeah. things get rectified. But if you shift that blame and you notice it, so that's the first step is you've got to notice it. Like, ooh, I just really got pissed off at my mom or my spouse or whoever. And then going, okay, what am I really blaming them for? You know, and getting really clear about that. And then looking at, given that situation, let's say Stevie's always going to communicate the way he does, or, or she, I don't know. And then, uh, <laughs> okay, I try to be very open about that. Yeah. Uh, or let's say mom is always going to behave that way. Given that set of circumstances, who do I need to be in order to be proud of the woman that I am? So really going internally and looking at how do I take care of Amy? How do I take care of self here? Because if I don't look at my role in the matter, if I don't look at what I have or have not said and how I've said it, because sometimes we communicate a lot, but we're doing it by screaming and yelling and there's no way we can be heard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like if somebody comes at you like a bat out of hell, are you like, yay, I can't wait to work on that for you? Like, no, you're like, oh my God, make it stop. Right? (laughs) And so you get people who fight or flee. And Mm -hmm. so again, a lot of times it's about really being articulate and saying exactly what our role in the matter is. And sometimes, especially if you've had a combative relationship where you have stood in blame of somebody else is actually saying, Hey, you know, I still feel very strongly about our sex life, financial, whatever the thing you're talking about, Mm -hmm. but I really owe you an apology for how I came across or you know what I've really realized is I've been demanding, subconsciously demanding so much of you and have never told you what I need. You know, I've been hoping that we'll magically have this amazing sex life or magically hoping that we'll figure out all of this stuff around our finances. But I've been so much more clear to my coach or I've been so much more clear to my therapist than I have to you. And that's unfair. So that's apologizing for your delivery, not apologizing for how you feel. You can Mm -hmm. feel however you want to feel, right? It's just about your method of communication and then saying, here's what I want to rectify here, you know, whatever area that is. But listen to me, you have got to own your shit. And most of the time it is what you have or haven't said and how you have said it. I don't know if I went on the totally. <laughs> yeah, no, mic drop. Yeah. That was, I love that. So I, so the thing I think that comes up, what's probably going to be coming up with people listening to this show right now when they, um, you know, when we talk about, we'll share what you want or tell, tell them exactly what you want is the, um, well, the vulnerability for sure that's huh? required. Um, and then the potential for rejection or of not getting you know, what you want, or the guy's not willing to, you know, honor that, that boundary. So let's start maybe with vulnerability. Um, Cause I know you talk about that, like how it, it's kind of like one of those things, like, we'll just be more vulnerable. Like, it's like, oh, okay. Right on that. It's like okay, <laughs> sure. I'm vulnerable now. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So here's what you have to know about vulnerability is your your vulnerability is directly equivalent to the intimacy that you receive in a relationship. So if you want this soulful, rich, intimate connection with somebody that requires vulnerability, 
Mm-hmm. So you don't get to have all these walls up, not share anything about what's going on with you, your past, your current present state of affairs, how you feel about things and get that other person to just be this open vessel. And it's this rich connection. Yeah. They go hand in hand. Yeah. That being said, depending on your course up until now, vulnerability may be totally fucking scary. It may Mm -hmm. be the scariest thing because what usually happens for many of us is we experience vulnerability in some relationship, whether it's familial or, you know, a a romantic relationship and we are scathed, right? We experience pain in some way and then we go, okay, vulnerability equals pain. And sometimes there's uh, like a strength issue in the middle, like, vulnerability equals weakness. You know, mm-hmm. we, we create mm-hmm. all these stories based off of things that we've experienced in our past. So the thing to note about that is it's extremely important to be vulnerable with the right person. And it's okay if you test the vulnerability waters. Like it's not mm-hmm. all of a sudden you jump all in if that's yeah. not who you are or how you've been. Yeah. So some of the, the real steady, like, baby steps that you can take are one of the basics is gratitude because to genuinely look somebody in the eye and say, it really meant a lot to me when I asked you about those texts and you really started doing it, you know, like that. I can't thank you enough. I feel really hurt. That is vulnerability right Mm -hmm. there. So you can start with just saying, thank you. Another huge piece of vulnerability is please, right? We're talking about just basic manners, asking for help Hmm. just and saying, this is really hard for me. I'm really uncomfortable right now, but I have no idea how I'm going to move my apartment next weekend by myself. Is there any way you would be up for helping me? That's vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, it is stating your emotional state. That's it. It's saying like right now I'm really overcome with this or, um, I'm feeling really distant from you. Uh, it's expressing your emotions. That's it. I mean, it's not that much more complicated, but it's not like a snap of the finger. So you have to start small. So I would just start with gratitude. You know, that's one of the easiest avenues. I mean, think about how many people, like, if, if you have a friend who, like, looks you in the eye and tells you something, like, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. How many people get, like, awkward and uncomfortable? Like, we're, we're not used to functioning in intimate engagements with one another. Yeah. So, so give yourself, again, some compassion that this is a journey. And you're also breaking down a lot of old shit, right? Like, you're mm-hmm. still trying to navigate all of these times when vulnerability equaled pain to you. So of course you're going to be skated. It's like if you broke your leg skateboarding, every thought of getting back on the skateboard is going to be terrifying because <laughs> it's associated with pain. Yeah. Right? It's the same thing here. But it doesn't mean you can't get back on that board and all of a sudden become Tony Hawk, right? right. Like, why I even know that? I don't. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm kind of impressed with my X Games skills. But... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, you could go on to become a champion skateboarder, but it's not going to happen unless you're vulnerable and you actually try to get back on that board again. So the same thing is true for relationships. And one of the things that I try to always remember impart into others is that this new dating situation, like let's say you're at the genesis of a new relationship. 
that dynamic, you and that other person has never happened before. That has never existed in history. Never. So there can be similar circumstances. There can be other people who are, who remind you of them or whatever, but this is a unique and isolated incident that has never occurred. So labeling it with a bunch of shit from the past isn't helpful. So it's about looking at each and every instant as, is that a red flag? Does that hurt? Have I expressed what I needed? And, and looking at it through a new current lens. And a lot of that is, I, I'm guessing, what you do in your work is looking mm-hmm. at what's matter. Like, mm-hmm. what is my in the matter? What do I need to clean up in order to, to bring a really healthy person into this relationship? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And that's really the perspective that I, you know, I don't teach the dating game or the rules, or I only talk about online dating once a year, which is around this time of year. But like, other than that, like, it's like that stuff, that stuff falls into place, you know, like when to text him, when to go on your third date, or, you know, when to have sex or when to um, have the talk that all falls into place if you can get this deeper stuff worked out. Um, That's right. That's absolutely right. So, um, Okay, so we're running a little bit out of time, and I'm trying to. I'm like, oh my gosh, what, <laughs> what, what do I want to? What do I want to talk about? Um, but I'm just kind of curious because you know I was obviously browsing your site before our interview, and I'm just kind of curious. So when we're talking about um, boundaries and sharing who you are, what you need in a relationship, is it ever okay to lie and to not tell the truth? Uh it really, really depends on the circumstance. So I think that it's absolutely fine to withhold information mm-hmm. that would only only be hurtful. And the only thing, only thing that I can really think of is when you're like blatantly attracted to somebody else, you know, and I think it would be an asshole thing to just volunteer. Damn, I wouldn't kick him out of bed unless you want to do it on the floor. Like, I don't think you need to like broadcast that to your partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I do think things like I've been married before or I have children or mm-hmm. things like that. If you would want to be told, that's kind of your guiding principle, mm-hmm. I think. Like, yeah. if you would have loved to know that they were, you know, wanted in a certain state for a crime like would you want to know like (laughs) I think yeah then you might need to tell them that you're wanted you know what I mean so um you're probably not listening to this podcast (laughs) (laughs) but I I do think that there's times when uh we can be delicate with the truth I think that comes down to basic communication skills and like, Mm -hmm. how can I deliver this in a way that lands softly Mm -hmm. or that is the most compassionate or kind? Um, like, uh, uh, an example would be if your partner does something that you absolutely cannot stand in the bedroom and it like grosses you out or you're just like, please stop wearing socks. Like I can't with the socks. Right. (laughs) Right. And I couldn't possibly tell him that or tell her that she would be destroyed, right? And so we mm-hmm. think their happiness must be more important than, than mine, or their satisfaction must be more important than mine. That's the subconscious message you send to yourself. So in those situations, I really think 
you need to be honest about it, mm-hmm. but you can also be extremely compassionate and just say, Hey, there's so many amazing things that you do for me. And I realize that there's been some things that, that I would love to see some shifts in that you have no idea because I've been terrified to tell you. And I'll be really honest. I'm terrified because the last thing I want to do is I want to hurt you ever. So please know my intention is always one of us growing together. So here's the deal. And this is so hard for me to even say, but when I know this is probably counterintuitive to everything you ever heard, I don't really like it when people go down on me. Like, I don't know what, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Whatever it is. And then you mm-hmm. deliver your thing and just say, I really don't want you to take that as an offense. Like I just, this is what I'm asking. Like I respond so much more to touch than I do licking or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and you just, you claim it and you mm-hmm. share it, but you do so with a really kind approach. Right. Yeah. And you own your shit in the matter, which is probably that you've never said a goddamn thing about it. Or if you have, you've yelled about it. So, uh, as far as lying in any other situations, this is how I feel about it. I feel as though if you say that you value honesty and integrity and that's what you want from other relationships, then you better embody it yourself. So one of the basic places I think that this shows up for me that I'm always flexing this muscle is making up lies about why I can't go somewhere or if somebody's mm-hmm. asking me, you know, um, will you be able to do this? I'd never make up a bullshit lie. I'll say something like, unfortunately, I'm not available. Or, oh, I'd love to help you out. Unfortunately, I already have plans. Even if the plans are just to wash my hair. That's okay. They're my fucking plans, right? Like, that's (laughs) my call. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But I won't say I have a concert to go to. Right. Do you say? Yeah. So, um, and I feel like it is a matter of, of how can I be honest in a way that's the most, uh, makes this the chillest transaction that I can make it. But I don't believe in, I don't believe in telling blatant lies. I don't believe in withholding truth Mm -hmm. that is detrimental. Like Mm -hmm. I don't believe in like springing it on somebody. I think it's like entrapment to be like, Oh, surprise you're in love with me. I have a four year old, Mm -hmm. you know, like, or, Oh yeah, I was married four times before. Like, no, no, no. If you, if it would bother you, to hear that, you know, then you probably need to own your piece of it too. And the other thing is like, what sort of relationship do you want to get into? Do you want to get into one that is one of fraud? Like I, I always call that relationship fraud when you pretend that you're really into sports because they're really into sports. And then, you know, like three months down the line, you're like, fuck if I have to watch one more goddamn game, you know, and then it all comes <laughs> out and then he or she feels totally robbed because that you they thought you were super in cahoots. And like, we really like the same stuff. It's fraudulent, dude. Like start off really owning what you like, what you love, what you don't like, you know, and, and what you're willing to bend on, what you're not willing to bend on. But guess who comes up with that? You, Mm -hmm. you have to define all that stuff. There's no like handing it out. Here's a piece of paper, be everything that I need. You know, like you need to figure that all out yourself first, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. I, lo- I love that. I think that's a really, a really, because I get asked that all the time, well, well, should I say that I'm divorced or have kids? And I think that's a really good way to look at it. Like, well, if you would want to know that information, then, you know, don't want don't with, withhold it. And something a little bit more, I don't know if it's superficial is the right word, but 
Um, just another thing about dating profiles is men notoriously lie about their height and mm. their job and income on profiles, and women notoriously lie about their weight, um, possibly age too. And and so it's like this thing that it's this interesting thing because everyone's doing it, and um, this one particular person in the date yourself community I'm think that comes to mind, she was so upset because it turns out that a man had lied about his height on his profile. And she was really upset thinking that he was just a liar and whatever. But at the same time, like she would have never messaged him and they would have never had their dates if if he had his real height because she'd have just completely written him off for like being five four instead of like whatever her five whatever five eight I think was her minimum or something like that. So I'm just kinda curious about because I have like <laughs> It's like I, I kind of chuckle, but it's also like very real for a lot of sure. women in, in in the in the community. And um, you know, if everyone's lying, like, what do you like? How do you handle that? Like, what do you do? Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so first of all, take this with a grain of salt because I met my husband in the nineties. <laughs> we had pagers when we first got together. <laughs> So I never had to embark on this world. So take this for what it is. Sure. Um, when I, when I used to work in primarily in relationships, I would talk about doing an exercise that I would call the soulmate factory where it's almost as though you could walk into a warehouse full of perfect spouses. Right. And, on one one major section, you would you would pick family of origin and their background and what they did and their job mm-hmm. and all of those things. You would do all things physical, maybe in a different room, penis size, height, whatever. Then in another room, you would decide like, here's all the things that we're going to do together. Here's what our relationship would look like. Here's you know we're going to go on hiking trips a lot, or we're going to do a lot of philanthropy and whatever the things are that really matter the most to you. So you'd make this massive, fantastical list. Mm-hmm. So again, it's you know your complete ideal fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. And so you get to put down all of these things that were like, if we were to say you know, your soulmate will be delivered on your doorstep. What would it look like? Right. Mm -hmm. This is your call. You get to decide. And then you go back through this, this copious amount of criteria and you put an asterisk next to the things that are absolute deal breakers. So it might be like, okay, I really, really, really would love somebody who's five eleven, but if they were five, four and they were all of these things and they, you know, got along with my family and they got that one I might be able to slide on versus Mm -hmm. I cannot ever imagine myself being with somebody who's a smoker. Like I can't do that. You know what I mean? You get to decide what those deal breakers are. For me, it's like I could never be with somebody who was inherently dishonest Mm -hmm. that like found a wallet on the side of the road and didn't try to find the owner, just looked at it like a score. That type of a human operates under a different value system than me. So that to me would be very different than uh, somebody who's gray a little bit or balding or too short or whatever. Yeah. So when I first met my husband, he was not my type physically at all and grew into my type. So we have this different sort of thing that happens, you know, on the internet because we're showing these highlight reels and we're, it's like this bait and switch where we're like, Hey, look over here, look over here. (laughs) I could be your mate. Hey. And 
and then we're showing this like facade and we're not really being who we are. So as far as what you do on your own profile, you've got to look at, am I doing this because this is really who I am? Or am I doing this because I think this is what other people want? Yes. Yeah. Because if you get stuck in that, congratulations, you're going to be signing up for that for a fucking lifetime (laughs) because it's one lie after another. It's one facade. It's relationship fraud. Yeah. So that's up to you how much you want to navigate. Now, like this anecdote that you shared with this gal, she could, if she was doing this internal work, right? And let's say she did that soulmate factory exercise and she looked at all these things. And ultimately when she really sized up the relationship, she went, you know what? That height is not a deal breaker for me. Mm -hmm. It isn't. So I am going to continue to proceed, but here's what happens. Nobody takes the time to really look at here's all the things I want and here are the things I would absolutely never compromise on. So what we do is we go, I'm just being too needy. I'm being unrealistic. And so we don't make any kind of list like that. And then we take on every motherfucking project that walks through the door. We ignore intuition and we go, oh, I can work with that. Or, oh, maybe it's not that serious. Or, oh, maybe, maybe I'm being too needy. Or, but like, no, no, no. You have to establish from the beginning what you really want. And then an addendum to that exercise is to carve out who you intend to be in the relationship. Not just what you want to magnetize to you. Who are you going to be? How honest are you going to be? What do you intend to bring? Yeah. So I don't know if that answered that question. I think it's it's sticky because a new platform pops up every night. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard. <clears throat> Definitely. Yeah. Well, um, I think this is a good place to to wrap up. So this is so amazing. I know everyone listening to this is like devouring this right now. And I told my okay. people to listen to it time and a half, but I'm hopefully they'll listen to this on regular speed. <laughs> so my last question really quickly that I ask all my guests is what is your favorite way to treat yourself? Oh, gosh. I have a couple, but if I had to say one of my favorites, one of my favorite, favorite, like self care things that I do for myself, mm-hmm. I do it about every two to three weeks and I'll make myself a whiskey ginger, which is a highball. It's my favorite beverage. Mm-hmm. I will put on a good like Netflix docu-series or something documentary wise, you know, learn about a tribe in Africa or, you know, lion mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> like I love learning, learning, learning. Mm-hmm. And then I'll literally take three to four hours to do a mani petty. Like do, do, that is one of my absolute favorites. So, cause I do these gel manicures at home uh-huh. myself. And it's very cumbersome and takes a long time and all of that. But it's one of my just favorite things to do. Love it. Yeah. So I think, I think I'll stick with that one. Awesome. Good. Well, thank you so much again for coming on to the show today. This was great. I, there's just so many. My notebook is full of notes. So, oh, so, much, so much great wisdom. And before I let you go, where can people listening um, connect with you, learn more about you? Yeah, if you cruise over to thejoyjunkie.com, and that junkie is just J-U-N-K-I-E, you can find all things that I do. I also have a podcast, uh, a weekly podcast that's free uh, called The Joy Junkie Show, and you can find that, uh, you know, via the website or iTunes and Stitcher. 
And I do have like immediately when you land on that page, you'll see an opportunity to grab uh, an ebook or it's an e-workbook and audiobook that I have that's all about standing up for yourself without being a dick. And it's all of these kind of concepts that we've talked about today, awesome. learning how to, how to say no, you know, dealing with your own internal negative self-talk, all of that stuff. So you can totally awesome. grab that Sweet. over there also. That's awesome. So hopefully, and, and all those links for everyone listening will also be on the show notes below the, just scroll down the podcast and it'll all be there. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the show today. This was great. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the love life connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember... Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.